What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Real Talk. If you are new here, thank you for tuning in. Please go hit that follow button on Instagram, Real Talk underscore podcast one, for all the latest updates on my episodes. If you are not new here, you already know the vibes. It is Saturday, and we are going to talk our shit. Um, Jenga games, board games, card games, everything is still available on my page. Just DM me. Cash app is in the bio, as always. Um, but today we are going to be talking about something a little bit more serious. Um, we're going to be talking about grief and loss and death. So warning, if you are not in the right mental state right now for that, this episode may not be for you. Um, you know, we're not going to dive too deep because, um, I'm not a therapist. I'm not like anything like that, as I always tell you guys, but, um, Grief and me have been friends for about 30 years. So I feel like I have a little bit of a little bit of experience to talk about it in depth, um, but not too much. So let's get into it. So I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has lost somebody in their life at one point or another, right? We've all experienced death. We've all experienced grief, loss to some extent, Um for me personally, I have lost like very important people in my life. So me and grief, you know, we, we, we know each other. We, we, we're here with each other. Right. Um, and I'll get more into that in a little bit, but, um, if you've been through grief, like you can relate to this episode. Um, if you're going through it, you'll relate. If you have never been through this type of grief, well, you know, you can refer back to this episode if at any point you do, um, and it may help you one day, or you may know somebody who's going through it and, you know, you could tell a friend to tell a friend and, um, yeah, they can tune in. Um, but I learned a lot in therapy over the last couple of years, um, that shying away from the person that you lost is sometimes not the best thing, right? It's the easier way. It's it's easy not to look at the photos, to not watch the video. The videos are always like, ugh, right? But um, like you shouldn't be afraid to speak your loved one's name out loud, right? Or to watch the video or to see the pictures or, you know, whatever the case may be because they lived, right? And they were important and you need to hear their name and they shouldn't not be brought up in conversation and remembered and, you know, table talk they shouldn't not be right and you know if you cry and you get emotional like when you talk about them like it's because it hurt right the fact that they have died has hurt you it's caused you to cry it's caused you to feel pain um and you're allowed to cry you know you're allowed to feel your feelings you're allowed to to express grief however the hell you want because grief is different for everybody right um and crying and emotional outbursts are a part of healing like that doesn't mean oh my god like I'm still stuck I I, you know I'm still crying when when am I ever gonna you know heal from this and it's the, the answer is never right grief never is going anywhere once it has showed up it's here to fucking stay I promise you it's not it's not gonna leave um and also like you shouldn't let your loved one die again you know, by removing them from like photos in your home or, 
you know, remembrances of them or, you know, sometimes I know in the beginning it might be a little hard and you're like, fuck, like right now I can't look at that picture every time I pass it. I can't watch the the videos, um, you know, and Snapchat has a great way of reminding you of the fucking past, right? Like Snapchat will show you like, hey, three years ago on this day and you're like, what? Why? For what? What? What is, what's the reason, right? But I feel like when someone dies, it's like, by removing them from everything, it's almost like they're dying again, right? Because now they're they're not in your life. They're not in your home. They're not in the picture frame. They're not on your phone. And, and I kind of feel like that's a little bit unfair, right? Um, but again, everyone grieves differently. So what may work for me may not work for you and vice versa. Um, and you're going to have emotional highs and lows, right? Ups and downs. It It is part of it, right? Literal roller coaster. But... Um, I wish that you wouldn't think that, you know, if you have a good day, your grief is over because I've done that. And that if you have a bad day, you know, you need psychiatric help or something, right? It's not, it's, it's, grief is a part of you. And as I said, if you know, you know, it doesn't go away. You just learn how to live with it. That's like the best way that I can explain it. And sometimes, you know, when we have a good day, we think like, whoo, you know, that, that's been my first good day since you know, this has happened. And like, sometimes we feel guilty for that, right? Like, I know for myself, sometimes like when I'm like at a a family function or a holiday or something, and I'm laughing, I'm having a good time. And I'm just like, damn, like, this person is not here anymore. And that's a little fucked up. Like you sometimes you feel a little bit guilty for being happy, right? And then that that's not always the case, right? You have the right to be happy. You have the right to, you know, smile and enjoy your life and this and that, right? That doesn't mean that you love them any less or that you're not caring anymore or that you're you're magically healed or whatever the case may be. That's not that's not what that is. And also when you're having a bad day because you will have a lot of them. That also doesn't mean that, you know, you're spiraling down and you need to seek psychiatric help or you need to, you know, the, your world is ending and this and that. You will have bad days especially depending on the person that you lost, right? What was the severity of the relationship? Who was it? Was it a child? Was it a spouse? Was it a grandparent? Was it a regular parent? Was it a cousin? Was it a best friend? You know, what what was it? Were they sick? Were they suffering? Was it unexpected? Were they murdered? Were they, you know, what, what was the case? You know what I'm saying? Because that, I feel like, again, depends on the person also. Um, and, you know... Being someone who is grieving, it's not contagious, right? The the person that you're crying to or looking for help or whatever the case may be, they're not going to catch your grief, right? You need to find someone that you feel safe with, whether that's a friend, a family member, a therapist, whatever the case may be, right? It could be a fucking stranger at a grief group. It could be anybody. It could be somebody online. It could be anybody that is relating to you. You just need to find someone that you feel safe with, that you can express yourself with, that you can be raw with, that you can cry with, that can understand what you're going through, right? It's not contagious, I promise. They're, don't be afraid to reach out. They're not going to catch it. And, you know, like, I know, like, grief sometimes has, like, reactions. And for me, it's sometimes I thought, like, damn, depression and anger, frustration. It's like, it had me, like, questioning the values and beliefs that you know are expected of following death like usually when we when we think of death we think crying sad funeral it's over they're buried they're cremated whatever the case may be and you know you move on eventually uh-uh. grief shows up uninvited all the time grief 
will show up in your passenger seat when you're driving in the car. Grief will knock on your door when you're just home chilling. When you're washing the dishes, grief will be sitting at your kitchen table, right? You're watching a movie or you hear something that reminds you of the person. Boop, there goes grief sharing popcorn with you, right? Grief is always uninvited, but it shows up. But I also learned that grief is love in a different form. But I'm going to get into that also. Um, so just know that your reactions to grief are not wrong. They're not crazy. You're not, they're not like, oh my God, I must be the only one going through this. No, depression, anger, frustration, all of that is, is part of it. And, you know, you can't expect your grief to be over in six months. Like the first few years are going to be excruciating, traumatic, Right. And I always thought, oh, the first year is the worst. That got to be the worst. Right. Because it's new and it's fresh and it's they just died and the feelings are still raw. So in therapy, like they told me the second year is the worst. So I'm like, what the fuck? Second year. And it's like, yeah, because depending on when the person died. Right. The second year is, is the full circle. It's their first birthday without them. It's the first Christmas, the first Thanksgiving, the first barbecues, the first everything is the first and they're not there. And that's when kind of reality kind of starts to set in, you know, and the, in the crying and this and that is, is, it's over, right? Everybody's not crying every single day anymore. People are not, you know, talking about them 24 seven, every time you see your family, that starts to fade a little bit. Right. And then the second year is kind of like, oh shit, they're really gone. They're really not here. So they say the second is the worst, but don't expect it to be over like quick. Cause it's, it's not, as I said, it's not going anywhere. Um, and you know, a lot of people turn to alcohol or to drugs or, you know, any sort of thing to numb that pain because that pain is excruciating. It is what nightmares are literally made of. Um, and again, everyone grieves differently. It comes in all different forms. Um, it's It can come in anger. It can come in, you know, lack of motivation, lack of focus, depression, as I said, physical pain, um, social withdrawing like I don't want to chill no more like I don't want to be outside some people keep busy right like I'm one of those people that I keep busy because if I sit still for too long my mind will start going and it will not be a good time so for myself I've learned that work what works for me is keeping myself busy right now whether that be like with my kids or with work or I create a lot of things or I'm writing or I'm this or I'm that I have to keep myself busy when I am in standstill I go nuts I hate it. I I cannot be bored. I do not like it. It's not something I enjoy. And I don't know if that is part of grief or if it's not. I don't know. But like, that's me. So I like want anyone who's listening that is going through a loss to like acknowledge that you have the right to that loss, right? Your feelings towards that person that you've lost are real. They're significant. And they're no less important than anybody else's maybe because their grief looks different than yours. You know, you have to acknowledge that your grief deserves the time and space that it needs to process and deal and heal and all that. And don't let others minimize that, right? Or if you're having a breakdown one day and you're spazzing out and you're crying and you you know you can't get out of bed, do not allow somebody to be like, what the fuck is going on? You're nuts. Get up. It's okay. Like that. Because for me, it's not okay. For you, it might be. So step the fuck out the room and let me do my thing. You know, let me stay in the bed. Let me cry. Let me scream. Let me do what I got to do. You know, because when people minimize your your grief, it makes you not want to reach out to them. It makes you want to hide that from them. It makes you not want to express yourself to them. And that's not that's not cool. We're not doing that. Right. 
And also understand that there are others who are grieving similar losses too, right? Like you have to be open to the possibility of receiving that support from others, right? Because some people like to shut down. You have to be open to having a safe space, even if it's just one person, right? And know that you have the right to rituals and honoring and remembering them, lighting those candles, having cake on their birthday, releasing balloons. You can grieve and, you know, honor them in whatever fucking way you want. There's no right or wrong way. Okay, and choose to be supported by those who validate your loss. Right. Don't engage with those who like belittle it. Like I was saying, like, don't don't it's not invalid. And take whatever you learn from grief and, you know, strive to show sensitivity towards others who are experiencing it, because, as I said, we all go through it. And, you know. For me, I I'm going to tell you guys, like, my backstory, as I said in the beginning, like, I lost my dad to murder when I was young, like, before five years old. Um, witnessed it, was there, seen it, traumatic, live with it every day, still to this day, right? And I know you think, oh, like, well, you're small, and you're this, and you're that, and it's like, you rem- I remember that day in detail like it was yesterday, and... They say, like, memories don't form until a certain age, and that's bullshit, and I'm here to tell you that is not the truth. I can remember that day to the T, and it might be because it was a, a traumatic experience that you remember, right? Um, so I've known grief since I was a toddler. Um, and then in 2020, um, I started to lose close family members back-to-back, three in a row. So I lost my uncle, who was an unexpected death, Um. I lost my grandma who was suffering from dementia for a few years and um she she got mute in the end. She had a surgery and she got mute and she went into a home um for like rehabilitation and that's where she died. Um so what she was sick, yes, but still kind of a little unexpected. Um and then I there was my grandpa who died right after that who, um, my dad, on my dad's side, my grandma was on my mom's side. My dad's side was my grandpa, um, who had cancer and he fought the fucking fight. Okay. Like he fought better than anyone I can imagine. Um, and in the, in the end he lost and it beat his ass. And he was literally, I could say maybe 75 pounds and that's probably pushing it. And he was in the bed and, you know, he still kind of had his mental, he was still joking. He was still laughing and stuff, but he was dead. He was dead inside. He was dead looking at him, but he accepted it. So that was kind of one of those deaths that you're like, okay, like, you know, like he, his suffering is gone. He's accepted it. You know, some deaths are not that, are not that easy. Some deaths are not that simple for someone to accept. Some people don't want to die. Some people die because they're murdered. Some people that are, die that are children. They don't know. They, there's people that, you know, death comes in all different ways. You know what I'm saying? So I know like me, I'm one of those people that believe everything happens for a reason, but sometimes saying everything happens for a reason hurts. So when someone's grieving or going through a loss, please do not say everything happens for a reason because, mm -mm, okay, like there isn't always a reason or at least not a reason that will take away the pain, right? Because to a griever, the loss of a loved one, that's reality. That's today. That's the world that we live in, right? And it's not the spark of something great, like the plot in like a movie or like a book or something, right? It's painful. 
And some grievers do and will find purpose in their pain, right? There, Some people do say, okay, well, this happened in this way and that way because of this, right? Okay, cool. But other times it just hurts to think that, you know, this pain was caused on purpose, right? Death is promised to everyone. This is a part of life. And that's like, sometimes that sucks. Why? For what? You know, or depending on how they die, why did they suffer like that? Why, why did they die alone? Why were they like this? You know what I'm saying? And I guess whether things do happen for a reason or not, a reason doesn't take away the pain, right? So remember to just be sensitive, especially if you can't relate, right? You know, especially if it's like, I've never lost someone like that. So I don't know, but I'm here. I'm your shoulder to cry on, but just remember everything happens for a reason. No one wants to hear that, right? Sometimes you just got to sit there and just be quiet, you know, be the shoulder to cry on, be, be the friend that they just, you know, let loose on. Just just be that person, you know, and it feels like after a loved one passes, there's like this sudden fear that another person you love will pass away. Right. And that's called um, grief induced anxiety because anxiety is when we live in the future. So for me, I have anxiety 24 um, seven. So when grief happens to me, it happens on another level. And I'm not really one to express like emotion like that. I don't cry very often. I'm not a screamer. I'm not a break down on my knees and all that shit, you know, but, um, my losing my grandma was something that rocked my fucking core. Um, and almost to the point where I didn't know how to react, right? Like I've always said like, oh, you know, like my grandma ever dies, I'm gonna be in a nut house. I'm gonna be go crazy. I'm gonna do. And then when she died, it was kind of like, oh shit. You know, like my emotions didn't come out the way that I thought that they would. And I need everyone who has ever experienced that to know that that's okay. That doesn't mean that, oh, you know, something wrong or whatever the case, that's not that. Okay. And I'm not sure if there's actually a name for that feeling or what it is. It's just a new like worry, right? When we fear like, oh, okay, so who's next? Especially when it comes in like threes or fours or a bunch of people are dying, right? Because the thought of losing anyone else feels like that will be too much to handle. So when my uncle died, I was like, oh, shit, right? And then when my grandma died, I was like, wait. And then when my grandpa died, I was like, what is happening? You almost don't have time to process it because it's like, boom, here's another one. Boom, here's another one. So I need for you guys to just know that grief takes a long time. It, it, it shows up all the time. It's not going anywhere. It's okay to feel your feelings. Find a safe place. Join an online, you know, grief group. Speak to a therapist, you know, feel your feelings, cry, scream, you know, exercise, lay in the bed all day, do what you got to do, you know, because it's all valid. It's all part of it. It's all, you know, very much what it is. Death is promised to everyone. Make sure you take pictures and videos of everything. I promise you, I'm someone who always has my phone in my hand, always videoing, always pictures. Everybody always knows, Raina, send me the pictures. Raina, send me the pictures. Send me the videos. Because they know that I have them. Because when someone leaves, that is all that we have left, right? They may have children and they may have left behind this and that. But will you remember their voice in five years? Probably not, right? But if you play that video, you will. Will you remember how their, you know, eyes wrinkled when they smiled or their nose when they laughed or this and that, right? And it's sad. It sounds sad, right? But that video and that picture will take you back and will show you that. And that's important to have. So take pictures, take videos of everyone that you love. Tell people you love them. Show up for people. Clap for people. You know, root for people. Cheer for people. 
Give people their flowers when they're still here to smell them, people. Okay? Don't wait till they're dead and fill their fucking gravesite with flowers that, you know, they, they, don't, they can't smell them shit. Give people their flowers now. Show people you love them now. Because tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And that is a fact. And until next time, peace and love.